0: I'm Aaron Smith. Welcome to The Study, Episode 9. The Study is a magical place to better your craft. Visit The Study at themagicdepotcom forward slash study. There you'll find the essay in which this podcast is based, some show notes, the archives, and special promotions for free magic, discount magic, and combo offers. You can also contact me through the site to leave listener mail. Do you fancy yourself a storyteller? If you're one of those magicians who believes magic is the story, or if you're looking to refine your magic to the coveted single-sentence simplicity, then I have the technique for you. Somebody But So. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Mental Marker FX Spray Plus Stencil Pack. Now even the most intricate ash-on-arm designs are fast and easy to perform. Use the included stencil to create a stunning burnt prediction, the omen of cinder, or invent your own with the bonus stencil packs. Sprays clear, kicks ash. You can find it right now at themagicdepot.com forward slash 7175. Okay, let's get started. Oh, and by the way, you might be able to hear the rain in the background. I apologize if you find it distracting. It was unavoidable for this recording. Okay, As you know, in addition to creating and performing magic, I also write short stories and novels. Over the years, I have learned even long books, uh, genre fiction over 90,000 words, must have a simple plot. And like all those legendary magicians keep telling you, the giants of our craft's history, the same applies to magic tricks. Now... It's important to, dif- uh, to differentiate between a simple plot and a simple trick. Cups and balls is a good example of both gone wrong. In its simplest form, a ball or balls vanish and appear under a cup or cups. For the magic to build, we introduce conditions that make the trick look more and more magical, difficult with each phase. But what is the audience supposed to think our motivation is? Why are we doing this? Is it just to show off how well we can do these moves? Do they, uh, I mean, they don't really believe we're using magic, right? What we've done then, at least in most versions of Cups and Balls, is we have complicated the story for the sake of the stunt. The trick becomes messy, muddy. The audience may have trouble understanding what the magician was trying to accomplish or why they were trying to accomplish it in the first place. If you read Clean Magic, then you know I really don't like Cups and Balls. Uh, clean Magic was a, a white paper you can get for free on TheMagicDepot.com. The problem for me, and, and this, this is only my opinion, is the way the trick is set up traditionally, Cups and Balls, is really just a bunch of moves. There's no why. There's no reason. It needs a story to separate the magic and the magician. Or to separate the magic from the magician. Otherwise, it's obviously just sleight of hand and gimmicks. Magicians doing magic things. And when there is a story, the stories aren't always entertaining because the magic came first instead of the reason for the magic. You can apply the same critique to other famous effects, linking rings, Chinese sticks, and ambitious card, especially these three, uh, mostly due to their popularity. The reason I think these potentially great tricks go the route of boringness is because to us magicians, the trick is what is important rather than the magic. Maybe we didn't all get into this craft for the sake of telling stories. I understand that. As long as the physical technique, uh, specifically the sleight of hand is good, then so must be the trick. But to me, that's like saying, if the writing is good, so is the book. Or if the tomato is good, so will be the sauce. You know, many a tomato has seen ruin uh, by a poor cook. Having a story, though, doesn't automatically fix these problems. There's a famous linking ring routine that uses a poem. Uh, Even though it has a story, the magic isn't very good, in my opinion. It has more of a story than, say, Whit Hayden's comedy Ring Routine, which is, in my opinion, it's the best linking ring routine I've ever seen. It's funny, uh, engaging— pure entertainment it goes to wit's cleverness he makes the event the story the retelling of the performance becomes the performance in some ways he has elevated magic and storytelling all in one product now remember i am only talking to magicians who want to be storytellers if you're not into narrative then really none of this applies to your art or craft or hobby or however you view magic You might be asking yourself, what good is a story when the audience expects to see magic? Well, first, I don't think the audience sees magic. I think they experience it. Thus, magic relies heavily on the why, the motivation behind the trick. When magic is performed well, in my opinion, the magician is removed. The magic is, the magic comes from the story. A novel is not about the author. The author is a layer removed. A movie is not about the director. The director is a layer removed. When you incorporate storytelling in your magic, the trick is not about the magician. The magician is a layer removed. In my opinion, this increases the magic tenfold, takes it to a whole new level. The trade-off for this heightened level of magic performance is a story can get the credit instead of the magician. While I prefer this element, other performers might want their magic to be about them and their skill or their cleverness. I don't mean that to sound like a bad thing. It's, it's just not my thing, but it's not automatically a negative. For me, I would rather perform a trick the audience has no idea is actually a trick than would I perform a stunt that's all about my sleight of hand abilities. I, I think a magician should look skillful. That's, that's still true, but it doesn't have to be about that. I think this is the big difference between magic and puzzle. If I'm on stage as a character in a play, I want the audience lost in the magic of the story. I want them to see me as the character, not as the actor playing the character. The same is true for my magic. So for all those reasons, story is important to me. If you are a storyteller too, then even if uh, you're performing a silent act, story is a vital element. Buster Keaton is one of my favorite actors. Give that man 10 seconds and he'll have you laughing without a word spoken. Uh, can you name a magician with the same power? Uh, I can think of Cardini, Johnny Thompson, Teller, Raymond Crow. There, there are other great magicians with incredible silent acts, but they don't make me laugh like, like those guys. Okay, so if I've done my job here, I've established why I think story is important to magic, or you already knew these things and you want to know how you can use storytelling in your magic. The nuance of acting and storytelling is for a future podcast, or several podcasts. In this episode, I'm going to teach you an easy way to summarize your story, which is valuable not only in analyzing and discussing and marketing your show, but also in the creation of the story itself. So stories cannot just be thrown together. You can't toss some words out there and expect them to be coherent story. Fortunately, there, there are some techniques for constructing stories, keeping them as simple as possible without omitting the necessary plot components. One of my favorites is somebody but so. The technique is often lengthened to somebody wanted but so then. That's somebody wanted but so then. Nearly all fiction stories may be summarized using the somebody-but-so technique, which is also a great way to construct just about anything with a plot. A classic example, Cinderella wanted to go to the ball, but her stepmother and stepsisters kept her from attending. So her fairy godmother used magic to make it possible. Then her and the prince fell in love, and they lived happily ever after. In uh, episode one from Where Does Magic Come? I talked about the origins of magic plots uh, from a trick point of view. I provided methods to force a magic trick into existence. It's not the way to, for lack of a better term here in the moment, uh, uh, there may be a better term, I just can't think of one, it's, it's not the way to organically create magic. Art can evolve from those methods, but it doesn't have to, and honestly it's much more rewarding when it doesn't. That's why this episode is listed in the elements method uh, instead of plotting. Uh, this, is, this is magic as theatrical art. Probably the best way to explain it uh, is that I feel magic is my science, performance is my art. There are gray areas here too because I think of my magic products as an art form especially here lately. Uh, Certainly the pieces are there, writing and graphic design, those are arts. The performance to me, though, is about the story. Thus, if I'm putting together a magic trick at an artistic level, I'm focused wholly on the story. In nonfiction, we try to bring our readers from 0% knowledge to 100% informed. In fiction, I like to start at about 25% knowledge Uh, and then bring my audience to 90% informed now what that means is that unlike in nonfiction where I begin with the idea that my reader knows nothing in narrative I begin mid-story as if they already do know some of it since that's where most of the relevant action will surface I use a shocking opening line to grab attention not necessarily shocking but you know a a gripping opening line Uh, and since all the information isn't exposed yet, there is also an air of mystery, which lends itself well to magic. For instance, one of my tricks begins with the line, "The first time I died, this coin was placed in my coffin." Now this opening grabs my audience's attention, a hint of mystery. Then I say, "Had I been properly buried, I wouldn't be able to show you this coin today. I'd, I'd be using it to carve out a never-ending game of tic-tac-toe on the lid. Now imagine the, the reactions I get when I hand the coin out for inspection. The audience pictures a dead person holding the coin they now hold. Had it been washed? The, uh, the audience becomes part of my story, part of my death. They want to know more. Uh, while the coin is being passed around, I'll say, and much later I learned I wasn't the first person to hold this coin between my cold fingers. Then, in, in the course of the story, I introduce the first owner of the coin. Okay, so this is where the technique comes into play. Somebody who wanted to live forever, but were all mortal, which means he too would die, so he developed a medallion capable of reviving the recent dead. Then he grew tired of life eternal and gave the coin to me. Uh, he fell to the floor at my wake. To apply this technique to your own magic, a... A card trick for instance, you think of somebody, yourself perhaps, I mean you can be in the story, what does the somebody want, why can't they have it, so what will they do? Then apply the technique to magic you already perform. Let's say you have a pretty good ambitious card routine, who is the somebody in your version of the trick? What do they want? Remember now, objects can't want things. It's important not to swap somebody for something. So why can't, uh, but why can't they have it? So what did they do? Then what? Within this paradigm, we see characters introduced, developed, conflict, climax, and resolve, all tied up with a, a nice and neat somebody but so ribbon. Answering these questions about magic you already perform will help you refine your magic. You'll be able to describe a trick magically in a single sentence not just be able to describe it in a single sentence but be able to describe it magically in a single sentence the the audience won't just view it as you know card to impossible location they will see it as the magic that encompasses the card to impossible location it will reveal the art in your story and help you develop it further if you can't answer these questions about the tricks you perform it's time to go back to the drawing board So were you already familiar with Somebody But So before this podcast? I'd love to hear how you use it in your magic, uh, or if it is new to you, how do you plan to use it in your show from now forward? Use the comments to share your thoughts and experiences. That's it for this episode. Please open up a browser right now and type in themagicdepot.com forward slash study. It's a magical place to better your craft. The website features exciting bonus content, the archives, and special promotions for free magic, discount magic, and combo offers. Also, please take a moment to subscribe to this channel and to my newsletter so we can stay in touch. Use the contact form or phone number on the site to share your thoughts with other magicians through the podcast. All right. Thanks for listening.